Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. John chapter 6, one verse in your hearing, I'll let you be seated. John 6, verse 24. John 6, 24. If you've got your Bibles, just keep them open to the book of John because that's where we're going to hang out today. 24th verse says, when the people, therefore, saw that Jesus was not there. The context of this is that the feeding of the 5,000 had just happened, and so Jesus and the disciples went away um, for a little while, and but the, 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 there was excitement in the air, and people were ready for more, and uh, so they were seeking after him, and he wasn't there, nor his disciples, so they got into boats. They went to Capernaum. And the reason was because they were seeking Jesus. And that's where I want to pull my title from today, and I want to preach to you for a little while, Seeking Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We find the account of, of Jesus beginning to call the 12 disciples to follow him. We find that captured in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in, in John's Gospel, when Jesus encountered two brothers named Andrew and Peter, uh, he asked them a very pointed question. We were just in John 6, but in John chapter 1 is where we'll find this dialogue. And it begins here with verse 38. Then Jesus turned, and he's talking to Andrew, and he's talking to Peter, and seeing them following, he said to them, what do you seek? What, what do you seek? And, and then the next day in, in Galilee, Jesus encountered a man named Philip. And this man, uh, who, who like Andrew and like his brother Peter, uh, they were all from the same hometown, the town of Bethsaida. And Jesus looked at at Philip, and he spoke two words to him. He said, follow me. And immediately upon uh, hearing this call to follow and responding upon this call to follow, we see that Philip went into action. He sprung into action. And in chapter 1 of the book of John, verse 45 and 46, this is what we read there. It says, Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, we have found him. You, you got to know that those, those words right there, four words, we have found him, that that carried a lot of weight. There was a whole lot behind that. He didn't really even have to give an explanation to Nathaniel. Philip just said, we found him. We, we found the one we've been seeking. We found the one we've been looking for. We found the one that's been prophesied about. We found the one we've been praying and fasting for that, that he would come. We have found him. Philip was announcing good news to Nathaniel. We, we have found the Lord. We have found Messiah. And he goes on to say, we found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. And here's his name, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Verse 46 says, and Nathanael said to him, maybe with a bit of skepticism in his voice, but Philip, can anything good 
Can anything positive, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I was with you when you said you found him. But when you said his name was Jesus of Nazareth, are you, is this really the one? Is this another false alarm? Is this another would-be Messiah? Can anything good come out of Nazareth to which Philip said to him, come and see for yourself? So Philip followed after Jesus, but praise the Lord, he didn't stop there. He sought other people to bring to Jesus, Dr. Goldman. He looked for other people to say, you know what, I, I, I have had an encounter, and now I want you to have the same encounter. I, I have met the man. I have found the one I've been longing for. I've, I've found the one that I've been seeking after, but I'm not going to keep it to myself. I want, you to, I want you to know as well. I want you to be introduced as well. So Philip began to seek out others to bring to Jesus. Philip was, was good at this. Philip was a, a soul winner, and he was always finding people for Jesus. And we see that here in John chapter 1. But not only was Philip the one who found Nathaniel under the fig tree that day and brought him to Jesus, but remember that Philip was also the one who found that young lad. When Jesus was teaching the 5,000 men and, and plus women and children, Philip's the one that fought, found that young man and brought him to Jesus and said, hey, I know the people are hungry, but there's a lad here. He doesn't have much, but he's got a sack lunch. He's got some loaves of bread and a, and a few fish. Philip was the one that found him. Then in John chapter 12, verse 20 and 21, we read this. Now when there were certain Greeks or, or Gentiles among those who came up to worship at the feast, then they came to who? They came to Philip. Philip was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and they asked Philip, Sir, we want to see Jesus we wish to see this man that we've been hearing about. We, we want to see this man who, whose fame is rising. And I want you to know today that these Greeks, these Gentiles, they asked the right man. Because what did Philip do? He led them to Jesus. He led them to the very one that they were seeking, this man named Philip. He was just a finder of people, and he would find people and connect them to the Lord. He would find people and lead them to Jesus. I love that about him, but I also love the attitude of those Greeks. I love the attitude of those Gentiles. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Because you know what the Bible says, that's an attitude that is pleasing unto the Lord. Scripture tells us that if you ask, you'll receive. It also tells us that if you'll seek, you'll find. Hallelujah. Today, if you'll make up in your mind to seek Jesus, you're going to find him. Oh, hallelujah. It also tells us that if you will knock, if you will knock upon that door, that door will be opened unto you. We want to see Jesus. And I hope there's somebody here today who has that same mindset. I didn't come to see the singers. I didn't come to see my friends. I came to see Jesus because I've got an aching in my heart. I've got an absence in my life. And I want to see the man who can make a difference. I want to see the one who can save me. Oh, hallelujah. Let that attitude just be released in this place today.
Let that spirit just get all over us. Come on, we need some Greeks today who will say, I want to see Jesus more than I want anything else. I want to have an encounter with him more than I care about anything else. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Isaiah said this in the Old Testament. He said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name while he is near. The Lord delights in being found today. Seek and you will find. Listen, I want you to know also there's never a greater time to begin to seek the Lord than right now in the house of God. And, and the reason why is because you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are ready to help you. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are saying, hey, we'll point you to Jesus. We'll point you in his direction. We'll share with you what he's done for us and what, he, what he's done for us. If he's done it for us, he can do it for you as well because we've got a testimony today and there's no better time for you to make up in your mind. Listen, others have been seeking him here and they've been finding him and just as they found him, you can find him today. And just as other people's lives have been changed your life can't be changed. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody who could believe it for somebody else today. Can you believe it for somebody else today? Can you believe for somebody else to have a life-changing experience with Jesus? I want you to know that's what this church is all about. That's why we exist. We are here to connect lost souls to a loving Savior. We are here to bring life, the abundant life that you find in Jesus. We're here to bring life to North Dallas. Listen, why do you think this church continues to grow like it has been? Listen, I'll tell you, it's not just because we have a great facility and we do, we're blessed. It's not just because we have a very visible setting for our location. That might explain a little bit. But I'll tell you today with confidence that the reason that people come and the reason that people come back a second time or a third time is because Jesus is exalted at the Life Church. It's because they've been able to catch a glimpse. They've been able to feel the touch of his spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus is exalted here. And here's what Jesus said. He said, if I be lifted up, What's he going to do? If you'll just lift me up, I'll do the drawing. I'll do the compelling. I will draw all men unto me. I wonder if there's anybody who would help me lift Jesus a little bit higher. Oh, come on. Would you just exalt him? Would you just glorify him a minute? Let's get him up where everybody can see him today. Let's get him up above our preferences. Let's get him up a little higher than our personalities today. Oh, if we lift Jesus up, he's going to draw. He's going to call. He's going to woo. He's going to beckon. He's going to save. He's going to heal. Oh, is there anybody willing to magnify the name of the Lord just a minute? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God if we lift him up. He'll draw them in unto himself. What a wonderful word of promise. Where Jesus is preached, 
Jesus is found. And what an incredible privilege for us to be able to join together and say today, thank God we found him. Hallelujah, we found him. No, we're not saying that we're perfect. No, we're not, we're, not, we're not claiming to be better than anybody else. We're sinners saved by grace. But thank God we have found him. We, we have found the one. We have found the answer. We have found the most important figure in our, all, throughout all of human history. We have found the giver of life. We have found the one who divides times and dispensations. We have found the one who cleanses from all iniquity. We have found the one who is the savior of the world. Hear me today. He's not a theory. He's not just theology. He is a bona fide living reality he is a God who is alive and well and he saves those who need saving and he makes new those who are broken we found the one who delivers us from pride and we found the one who delivers us from prejudice we have found him we have found the healer of our diseases we have found the one whose compassions fail not that's the one we found him and his name is jesus oh hallelujah we were just floating down a giant river of human misery and the canyon walls were getting steeper on both sides and sin sin's cost was growing even higher but we heard the thundering roar of destruction ahead but in the lick of time at the very last moment the hand of Jesus reached down and pulled us up from our drowning we were sinking in the miry clay but Jesus reached down and he pulled us up and he set our feet on a rock oh we found him is anybody thankful for that today is anybody grateful that you know Jesus today hallelujah 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 So what are we supposed to do about all the trouble in our world? What, what are we supposed to, supposed to do in the midst of confusion and chaos and perversion of all types? What, what are we supposed to do while we live in a godless generation? We exalt Jesus. We need to preach Jesus. That's what we need to do. Listen, it's not my opinion that matters. It's not my persuasiveness that matters. It's not my debating skills that matters. What matters is I'm going to point to Jesus. Jesus is the one that we need. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the answer. And we just need to, we just need to focus on lifting him up. Because when we elevate Jesus, everything else diminishes. When we magnify Jesus, everything else gets smaller. When we focus on Jesus, the cares of this world, the things of this world grow strangely dim, the song said. So that's why we're here today. Whether you knew it or not, we're here to elevate Jesus. Hallelujah. We're not here to see or be seen. 
Hallelujah. I'm, I'm thankful you look nice today. But listen, we're not here to see and be seen. We're not here to show off our new outfit. We're not here just because we got some friends that go here. We are here to elevate Jesus. We are here to lift him up. Is there anybody today who is glad that you found him? Are you thankful you found him? Lift him up one more time. Hallelujah. Oh, help me lift Jesus up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not just speaking the day of a historical figure. I'm speaking of a right now kind of Savior. The Bible says that he is a very present help. He is a very present wherever, whatever present is for you. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. I'm talking to you today about the one who interrupts funerals and tells little servant girls to get up. I'm talking about the one who stops by the tomb of a friend and says, Lazarus, come forth. I'm preaching to you today about the one who steps on the shores of the demon possessed. And when he leaves, they are left behind clothed and in their right mind transformed. I'm talking today about the one who walks into the storm-tossed seas of our lives and he speaks to us and says, I'm here. You don't have to be afraid as long as I'm on your boat. It doesn't matter how bad the wind is blowing and how hard the rain has fallen. We found him. We found him. Tell somebody by you, we found him. I'm thankful we found him. He's the one who feeds 5,000 without breaking a sweat. He is the one who has built his great church right next door to the gates of hell. And he proclaimed the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against my church. He's the one. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one who blesses us. And it's him that we found. It's not an allegory. He's not a myth. He is alive and well and working in our lives. Hallelujah. He's our day star. He's our day break. He's our hope in the midst of a hope world. And he arises with healing in his wings. He is our present help. And he is our future hope. And thank God we see him today. We found the one we've been seeking for. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can't you just hear the hope in Philip's voice? Can't you hear it in his vernacular when he said, Nathaniel, our days of seeking are over. Our days are looking for the one who is to come are, are over. Our waiting is over. We have found him. Come and see. Come and see, Nathaniel. We found the one. You see, the fact of the matter is that mankind is always looking for something more. Mankind is always searching for something more. Does anybody believe that today? Listen, this, this was exampled just, just several weeks ago as 70,000 people over about 16 days made their way to a little college called Asbury. Why? Because people want more. People are hungry. And I believe that revivals like that will be a sign of the end time. 
Does anybody else believe that today? Yes, there's going to be a falling away, but there's going to be a great in-gathering as well. God's going to do a new thing, and we're not going to try to control it. We just want to facilitate it. We just want to be in the middle of it. We're living in a time when people need to get serious about living for God. We're living in a day where you need to take your relationship with God very, very seriously. Because whether you know it or not, there's there's an appetite inside of you. And that appetite is going to drive you. That appetite is going to compel you. And for Philip, he finally found what he'd been looking for. He finally found what what he had been seeking. He, He must have been seeking because only those who seek find. The psalmist in the Old Testament compared his pursuit of God with a deer that was panting or thirsting for water in Psalm chapter 42 in verse number one where it says, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after you, O God. I just got to get into your presence. I've just got, in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. So I hunger and I thirst and I seek you, God. So man, mankind is searching and seeking for more. But the sad, the sad account of this is that many people end up feeling after, going after the wrong things. They end up thirsting for things like drugs and alcohol. They, they end up pursuing the world's substitutes. That's why the, the, the use of these things is so rampant in our day and age. It's because people are seeking. People are thirsting. It's like that old country song used to say, they're, they're looking for love. Some of you finished it for me. In all the wrong places, but there is a right place to look. There's a place that you can look that won't leave you hungover the next day. There's a place that you can look that won't won't leave you uh, just doing everything within your power to get your next fix. There, there, there is a place that you can look that is full of blessing. There is a place that you can look that is full of satisfaction. That's when you make up in your mind, I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to thirst after him like a deer thirsting for a drink of water. I'm going to go after him. There's a couple characters that we see in the New Testament, Nicodemus was one of them, and he thought that what he was looking for would be found in religion. That's what he thought. That was his background. He thought that what he was looking for would be found in in positions. He thought it was about respect, and so he became one of the top 70 religious leaders in Israel. Yet even after all of his pursuing of religiosity, he found himself empty. He found himself unfulfilled. But then he heard about this teacher that was saying some different things. He heard news about this rabbi who could confound the wisest of the wise. And this man didn't have an office. He wasn't surrounded by prestige. He was of no reputation. Yet Nicodemus came seeking him anyway. And after the sun had set with darkness as his cover, Nicodemus found him. 
And when he did, Nicodemus heard words like no man had ever spoken before. He heard the words, you must be born again. He heard Jesus say to him, you've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And can I just say that message still rings true for us here today? And can I also let you know that message will change your life just like it changed Nicodemus' life if you've not been born of the water? Through baptism in Jesus' name, you can be born of the water today. If you've not been born of the Spirit, God is ready to rain down His Spirit upon all flesh. Upon all flesh. That includes you. This message will change your life just like it did Nicodemus. Because after Nicodemus found Jesus, we later see him speaking up for Jesus in the middle of his trial before the Sanhedrin. We see Nicodemus bringing 100 pounds of spices to Jesus' grave to anoint his body. We see what Nicodemus couldn't find in religion. We see that he found in Jesus. He found a Savior. There was another by the name of Mary Magdalene. And she was seeking for fulfillment. She was seeking for meaning in all the false places as well. That pursuit led her to what is known, what has come to be known as the oldest profession in the world. And what possibly began as lucrative soon gave way to shame. And it gave way to embarrassment being ostracized in society. And then the voices started. And she couldn't get rid of them. The Bible says there were seven of them. And those voices would scream in her ear. And those voices would torment her soul. And possibly what she sought out willingly now held her captive in its grip. And she couldn't break away. She couldn't get relief. She couldn't get deliverance. And then one day it happened. The religious enforcers, they caught her in the very act of her vice. They caught her in the very act of her sin. And the Bible says that they took hold of her and they dragged her out of that house. And they dragged her through the streets. And people began to shout, stone her, kill her. And they took this woman, caught in the very act of adultery, and they threw her down at his feet. Not just any feet. They threw her down at the feet of the one that she would go on to follow for the next three years of her life of his life. They threw her down at the feet of the one that she would go on to weep over and to wash those feet with her tears. They threw her down at the feet of the one that she would see pierced through as he was nailed to a cross. They threw this lady down at the feet of one who three days later would get up on those feet and walk out of a grave. Because he was the one who protected her that day. Because he was the one who sent away her accusers. He was the one who said, 
Go away. Go your own way now. Sin no more. And listen, when he spoke to her, suddenly those seven evil voices were replaced with one glorious voice. And she found what she was looking for after all. She didn't find it in sin. She didn't find it in the world. She didn't find it in pleasure. She found it in Jesus. So listen today, it doesn't matter how important you are in society. Nicodemus, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how low you've sunk in sin, Mary. All that matters is that you make up in your mind to find Jesus. Because when you do, he'll make the biggest difference in your life. I wonder if somebody can give me a witness on that today. I wonder if somebody would just clap your hands and shout with gratitude because you have found him. Come on, are you thankful? Are you grateful today that you know him, that you know him for yourself? Are you thankful that you found the Lord? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've been talking about our desire to seek and find the Lord today. But the reality is, is that he, he's the one who seeks us first. Listen, Jesus doesn't wait for you to come to him before he makes up in his mind to come to you. He comes looking for you. He comes seeking you. As a matter of fact, we read it very, very clearly in uh, excuse me, Luke 19 and 10 where it says, For the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, the Son of Man, what has he come to do? He's come to seek. He's come to seek. He's looking for lost things. He's looking for lost coins. He's looking for lost sheep. He's looking for lost sons. He's coming to seek. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. I want you to know today that before you were ever even born, he was seeking you. While you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. Before you breathe your first breath, he has been tracking you ever since that day. And yes, today you may think that you found him, but in reality, he's been looking for you. And he's been seeking for you all along. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent a search and rescue mission. It's a lost sheep. They're scattered. They're like sheep without a shepherd. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, verse 5, to redeem, to save those who are under the law that we might receive what? Adoption. We were aliens. We were sinners. But he sent out a rescue party. He went on a search and rescue mission. So not only he could find us, but he wants to make us a part of his family. He wants to call us his own. He wants to put the royal robe on us. He wants to put the ring of authority on our finger. <laughs> so we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent, there's that word again, He has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. 
way we would say that today is, Daddy, Daddy, he doesn't want to have a distant connection with you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to be your father. He wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his daughter. He wants you to have a close relationship, so close that you can say, Father, I need you. Father, I've got to have you. I need help. I don't understand. I'm scared. He wants you to be able to cry out, Abba, Father. I'm closing. Nathaniel was just sitting there under, under a fig tree, the Bible tells us. He was just there under that fig tree when Philip came and called to him. Philip was excited. Philip was overjoyed. He told him, we found him. We found the one. We found the Messiah. But you've got to know that Nathaniel had been looking for him too. Philip just happened to find him first. Nathaniel had been looking for him his whole life. As a matter of fact, the whole nation had been looking for Messiah. But maybe because he didn't want to get his hopes up again. Maybe because he didn't want his hopes to be dashed again. He replied somewhat cynically, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But Philip insisted and took him to meet Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, this is what Jesus spoke to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed. But catch this next part. An Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Can I just tell you today that when Jesus calls out to you, he doesn't call out to condemn you. And can I just say, here at the Life Church, we're not here to condemn you. I rebuke judgmentalism in Jesus' name. Jesus doesn't call out to you to condemn you. When Jesus calls out to you, he doesn't call you by your worst characteristics. He doesn't call you by your greatest failures. But instead, he calls you by what he sees in you. He calls you by what he sees in your future. He doesn't call you a failure. He calls you a conqueror. He doesn't call you a sinner. He calls you a saint. Oh, hallelujah. Would you stand with me right now? John chapter 1, verse 48. Here's what Nathaniel said back to him. Jesus looked at him. I see you. You're an Israelite indeed. There's no deceit in you. Here's what Nathaniel said in return. How? How do you know me? How is that possible? Jesus answered and said to him, when did Jesus say? Come on, there's that, that little word. It starts with a B. I'll give you a hint. What did Jesus say? Before Philip called to you, when you were sitting under that fig tree, I saw you. Before Philip ever went to Nathaniel, said, I found him. Come and see. Jesus already had his eyes on Nathaniel. 
Jesus was already seeking for him. He was already watching him. Philip said, hey, we found him. But really, Jesus found them. Listen, I want you to know today, I can't save you. Shaking my hand's not going to do you any good other than maybe extending the right hand of fellowship. I can't save you. But I'm preaching to you today about the one who can save you. And if you haven't found him, and if you haven't discovered his glorious salvation yet, I want you to know that he sees you. He's been looking for you. He saw where you were in that predicament this last week. He saw where you were in that place of desperation. He saw you in your position of longing. And he's been seeking for you. He's been reaching for you since the day you were born. And he continues to do so in this very moment oh I'm thankful I found him and I want somebody else to find him as well I'm thankful that he found me listen when I found him I didn't just find a church and I'm thankful for that but I found the one who can save me I found the one that I can walk with and talk with he's the one who loves my soul and my soul loves him in return these altars are open for anybody who wants to seek the Lord. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.